Hello and welcome to Business Class Money Minutes, the essential podcast for small business owners powered by American Express. Yep, whether you're a freelancer, a CEO or anything in between, this is the podcast to help you navigate everything finance related for your business. I'm Nigel Cassidy, business broadcaster and presenter. You know, over the years, I must have visited hundreds of different companies, everything from toy and Christmas pudding factories to tiny online retailers and fintech startups. I love to meet the different owners and the managers and discover how they innovate and solve problems. You'll have to tell me more about those toys, Nigel. I've got a two-year-old to buy a Christmas (laughs) present for. And I'm Bex Byrne-Calendar. I am a small business journalist and I've spent 14 years writing about that community and their challenges and triumphs and growth stories. I love it all and I get to speak to them every day. So Bex, when you've charmed them and lulled them into giving away all their secrets, I wonder what would you say are the things that most keep owners awake at night? Ah yes, all their secrets are mine now. Yeah, they they do often experience very similar challenges. They worry about things like late payments, cash flow, how to make a profit uh, while not compromising their product or service. There's just so much to think about every day and that's before they've even done their day job. I think they deserve a medal really. Well, if all that sounds familiar, then stay tuned because in this podcast series, Bex and I will be doing a deep dive into the most common financial pain points for small business. In each episode, we'll be speaking to a small business owner who's first-hand experience with these kind of issues, and we'll be sharing with you how they've overcome them and come out on top. And we'll also be hearing from an outside expert, maybe from a trade body or a business school. Consider this your real-life finance masterclass. To start things off, this first episode tackles those dreaded late payments. A customer that doesn't pay you isn't a customer. It's as simple as that. Cash flow is everything. You know, businesses fail when they run out of cash. So it's absolutely vital that they manage it. It's about making sure that you are the squeaky wheel that gets oiled rather than sitting there in silence and allowing other businesses not to pay you. Sound familiar? Well, as we heard there, late payments are the number one challenge affecting small businesses. Something maybe you're dealing with right now or certainly will find yourself having to deal with in the very near future. Looking at the figures, it's even worse than I thought. I mean, get this, Bex. According to a report last year from Zero, nearly half of all invoices issued in the UK last year were paid late. It's crazy, isn't it, Nigel? And the problem is getting worse, not better. Every year, would you believe, an estimated 50,000 small firms go under because of late-paying clients. Pay UK found that last year, small businesses were carrying a staggering £23.4 billion worth of late-payment debt. I mean, that is their money. It's a figure which has almost doubled in a year, and it's rising still. And it's not just the amount of money, but it's the length of time that firms are waiting. In the UK, small businesses are waiting for payment just as long as they were five years ago, up to three months, which is enough to send a business to the wall. Now, of course, overlaying it all, the COVID-19 pandemic, which is putting pressure on many businesses' cash flow. So you might ask, what can firms actually do about all this? And why is it that the problem is seemingly getting worse? Well, later on, we'll be hearing from the UK's interim small business commissioner who can answer these questions from the standpoint of regulations. But first, let's hear from someone at the sharp end of things who's come up with some clever, practical ideas to ease the burden. 
we found ourselves at the mercy of our clients and waiting for them to pay us, sometimes up to 15 to 18 months after the work was completed. This is Carl Reader, small business owner and director of D&T Accountants. At any one point, we would have been owed anywhere between 200,000 up to five, 600,000 pounds. Now, that's not a small amount of money. And that's money that would be far, far better in our bank account, allowing us to sleep at night and know that we've got a substantial cash cushion rather than in our clients' bank accounts. We've had small businesses that have refused to pay us because they are quite simply running out of cash. So the food chain effect. We've had big corporates sit on our cash on the basis that they knew that we would be happy and proud to be working with them and to use it as part of our marketing collateral. It's not just one case that's caused this big number. It's just almost a cultural issue in the business landscape, not just for our business, but for many businesses, but it's acceptable to pay people late. So in your case, you kind of move to a subscription model, what you're getting them to pay a little bit every month or what? It's actually a bit deeper than just getting people to pay monthly. It was a complete revisiting of what we do. We are still in the process of going through this with our clients because I guess the entrepreneur in me sees this as something where I could click my fingers and it's job done. It's actually a real shift in the way that we do things internally. So looking at when we provide our services to our customers, what dates do we provide them on? At what point should the billing be made? At what point should the payment be made? So we had to review the work that we're doing for each and every customer. We've had to look at the customer's previous payment profiles. Are they already in arrears and potentially going to stack up more of a problem as they go into a subscription model? We had to invest in new software to help us facilitate this and to manage the monthly revenue. But what it's allowed us to do is to really look at the metrics of a business far more intelligently as well. So not only does it accelerate the cash coming into the business to be more reflective of the point that the service is delivered, but it allows us to really monitor the headline metrics of a business. What is our monthly recurring revenue? What is our customer churn rate? What is our average client value? Numbers like this which ironically for a firm of accountants when you're running this on a historic basis it's actually very hard to identify this stuff so we're currently working through it but we're optimistic at where it's going but not everyone can change their business model just like that so what other kinds of fresh thinking or adjustments could small firms try to reduce the time they spend chasing invoices If we've got, for example, a construction company, we need to think about if they're taking stage payments and making sure that the payments are staggered in line with the work. If, for example, you're a web development agency, you can look at the time that you're doing for work. You can consider whether you want an upfront payment for maybe 50% of the invoice. There's ways that you can look at what you do and look at when the value is delivered, but also look at de-risking yourself as a business owner. And I think it's not so much the model that you use. It's about being brave and standing up to your clients, whether they are smaller business than you, whether they're a bigger business than you. It's about being firm about the value that you offer. And it's about being robust about your payment terms. And if your payment terms are, let's say, 30 days, sticking by 30 days, not accepting somebody coming back and giving you 90. Well, you say that, but a lot of people are really fearful of losing their customers if they get a bit too aggressive with them. I mean, can you understand that anxiety? I mean, did you lose any customers when you made this change? So thankfully and touchwood, no, we haven't. There is always the risk that we may lose some customers and we've budgeted to lose some customers along this way. To be honest, a customer that doesn't pay you isn't a customer. 
It's as simple as that. We've all got our own bills to pay. And as a business owner, if you employ a team, you've got your employees' bills to pay as well. So you've got an obligation to your team and the other stakeholders in your business to make sure that you have as robust as possible a credit control procedure to make sure that the cash comes in when you deserve it. Technology promises a lot of solutions, but what's actually out there and how useful are these products or services in terms of chasing the late payments? For me, the very first thing is knowledge. You need to know your numbers. You need to know who owes you money. So there's automated credit control services, which will send automated email reminders, statements, chasers to try and encourage them to make payment. There's integrations with payment platforms as well. So that when these chasers come through, the business owner can click on a button and it's seamless to pay. It's not as painful as logging into online banking, setting up the details again, so on and so forth. Now, none of this technology is actually going to resolve this problem once and for all, because as it stands today, if somebody's determined not to pay you, they won't pay you, regardless of how many automated emails they get. But it's a step in the right direction. And for small businesses, in my opinion, it's about removing those hurdles and making sure that you are the squeaky wheel that gets oiled rather than sitting there in silence and allowing other businesses not to pay you. Carl is full of ideas, uh, some of which are special to his business, but I mean, he just shows. It's not just about the actual bills that aren't uh, paid on time. It's about how your whole business is structured, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. It's about knowing your own value and building your business around getting paid, not chasing the payments. After all, as Carl said, a customer that doesn't pay isn't really a customer. Well, that's right. But actually uh, facing up to that and um, deciding it's time to look for new customers is a tough decision because, well, we've all got bills to pay. Well, Carl will be back with us in a jiffy uh, coming up in part two. Uh, We're going to be joined by the interim small business commissioner, no less Philip King, who will tell us what the law is doing to help small businesses with those pesky late payments. No matter the size of your business, American Express has your back. Our range of business cards gives you greater control over your cash flow. So you'll have the flexibility to respond to change, chase opportunities and keep growing. Plus, you can earn rewards from your day-to-day spend and invest it back into your business. Visit americanexpress.com slash uk slash business card to learn more. Terms apply. Welcome back to Business Class Money Minutes. We've heard some of the amazing things that small business owners like Carl are doing to manage late payments. But what's the bigger picture when it comes to untangling the knot that so many find themselves in with cash flow? What we do know is that none of this can be fixed by some regulator waving a wand. But there are a few things, either already in the law or on the horizon, that should, in theory, help with some of the issues that small business owners are facing with their cash flow. For a small business, cash flow is everything. You know, businesses fail when they run out of cash. So it's absolutely vital that they manage it. That's Philip King, the UK's interim small business commissioner and architect of the Prompt Payment Code. We offer free advice to small businesses who come to us through our helpline and through our caseworkers on how to get paid and how to avoid not getting paid. Where we can give them direct advice, we do. Where we can't, then we will signpost them to somebody else that can help them. Secondly, we mediate. So when we get a small business come to us that isn't being paid, we will pick up the phone and talk to their customer and encourage them 
to part with some money. And the final stream of activity is changing payment culture. So through COVID, I've been talking to thousands of small businesses through webinars and forums and think tanks and roundtables, advising them on practical steps they can take to get paid. And I've been talking to many, many chief execs of large businesses where we've had intelligence that they're not looking after their small suppliers adequately and persuading them to do better. Uh, And since March, my office has been responsible for administering the prompt payment code, which now has in the region of 2,700 signatories, businesses that have set themselves out and said they will pay their suppliers on time and meet certain criteria. And that's one way of encouraging good practice. Let's say I own a small wholesale supply business. I'm forever paid late by one or two of my biggest customers. Um, Now, obviously, this is very typical. It's causing me a a huge headache in terms of cash flow. When it comes to sort of getting invoices paid, what does the law actually say in that situation? Well, if there's a contract, then the contract sets out what should be happening. If there isn't a contract, then the late payment legislation in the UK says that payment should be made within a maximum of 60 days. But, you know, the law is there as a sort of backstop. But the key thing here is about businesses talking to each other and having relationships. The worst thing a small business can do is watch themselves not being paid. So what happens next? I've agreed the terms, but the uh, customer doesn't pay. What's the next thing to do? Do I start sending out letters or what? If you're not being paid, you do talk, you do chase. I I talk to thousands of businesses and we have countless examples of small businesses who ring my team and say, I haven't been paid. And we say, what did the buyer say to you? And they say, we haven't talked to them. We haven't chased them. The money just hasn't arrived. Well, you know, if you don't ask, you don't get. So it's really important that you do chase. I'd like to tell you about Brenda, who is a micro business, works for herself, provides training and other services and consultancy. When she isn't paid, the first thing she does on the due date is to send an invoice for late payment charges and interest. She doesn't do that because she wants to take legal action. She does that because she knows that her large buyer will take that seriously and it means that her original invoice will be pulled out of the drawer and paid. Um, So she uses that as a chasing mechanism. Normally she doesn't get the late payment charges paid but that's not her aim. Her aim is to get her original invoice paid and she's worked out their system and knows that doing that will encourage them to pay more quickly. How do you think Covid-19 and Brexit have affected late payments? Well, we've seen some examples of businesses doing the wrong thing. Businesses that have written to all their suppliers and said, sorry, we're not going to pay you till COVID is over. And they did that in March, I think, in a joint expectation that we all had that COVID wouldn't be going on as long as it has. But clearly, that puts all the onus on their supply chain in order to protect themselves. Now, businesses had a responsibility to protect themselves. Clearly, that was a a massive issue. But they had to do that in a climate of collaboration. Conversely, we've seen examples of really good practice. Pete Redfern, chief exec of uh, Taylor Wimpy, in the very beginning of lockdown, got his divisional managers to ring all their smallest contractors to assure them that payments would be coming out as expected. And then he went one step further and he paid those suppliers three months early for work they hadn't yet done in order to make sure they'd be available to come back on site when the sites reopened. And then he gave all those smaller suppliers access to the employee assistance programmes that exist for his employees in order to support them um, and help them. And, you know, 
I believe that payment of invoices is an articulation of the value with which a customer perceives its, its suppliers. When they treat them as partners and treat them properly, they treat them well in all sorts of ways. And by the way, that includes prompt payment. Well, a lot of positive action there. What did you take from all that? It's great to see Taylor Wimpy championing the little guy and great to see Philip King shouting out about the best practice that's out there because then these big companies will know it's a positive marketing tool. And we had that uh, extraordinary story of Brenda. I'm not sure I want to meet her on a dark night. <laughs> I think we all need to be a bit more Brenda. I think as a sole trader myself, I, you know, you have to be a bit pushy and I think that she's a pioneer. More stick than carrot, maybe. Yeah, I'd hire her as credit controller straight away. <laughs> Here's Carl Reader again. Certainly when I've spoken to business owners about their credit control processes, those who don't tend to have any problems make the calls early. In fact, they make the calls before payment date just to make sure that everything's on track. Those who do have problems are the ones who only pick up the phone or just send an email a couple of weeks after it's gone overdue. So I think that... Having a process and making sure that that process is as forward as possible is another way of handling it. There are these wonderful features and there's, yeah, there's some fantastic tools out there which are largely underutilised. Well over two thirds of small businesses only have one form of digitalised process within their business. Now to me that seems crazy because... I'm a, I guess, a digital native. Now, a digitalized process could be as simple as having an online banking logon. The tools are out there, and with initiatives such as making tax digital and real-time information and other financial initiatives that are looking to accelerate tech adoption through using the stick, hopefully we'll get there a whole lot quicker. But until we've got the mass of small businesses using digital tools to help them manage their business, it's still going to be a challenge because... The question that they'll have is, why should I bother? Um, we know there's a very real reason why they should bother, but it's about communicating it to them. Philip King again. Technology is certainly one of the answers. It's one of the tools that should be in the toolbox. There is no single silver bullet for this, but culturally we need to go to a point where businesses working together recognise paying on time is good for the supplier and the buyer. And, and if we all did those things, then the world would be a better place. The economy would be stronger and we'd be in a better position to recover from the current crisis we're in. So looking ahead, what's in store for 2021? 2021 is the big unknown with COVID and all of the uncertainties that are in the world, um, political and otherwise. And it's the year where we don't know whether there'll be this mythical V-shaped recovery, whether we will struggle through the year or somewhere in between. And it's factors outside of our control that will dictate a lot of that. We just need to make sure that we look after our own business to make sure that each and every month we can make payroll without the sleepless nights. And small businesses need to recognise their own value. Very often they don't, they underestimate themselves, think they're not worthy and therefore have to accept what's imposed on them and that often isn't the case. And one of the challenges for micro-businesses is that very often they're following a passion and their passion certainly isn't raising invoices or chasing payment. So they need to learn that skill and to do it. I think it's, it's really important that they, they follow that up. It's really important that they don't take their eye off cash. You know, the bank balance is everything and making sure that it's there means they can put food on the table, feed the family um, and pay their employees. 
And if all goes wrong, then the small business commissioner is there to help. If you've asked two or three times and someone hasn't paid you, ring my office. We will talk to them. We have more clout than you do. And we collect a huge amount of money on behalf of clients very simply by just picking up the phone. So we are there to help. We're a free service, no cost. So uh, just ring my team and we're there to help. And I must admit, if you had a knock on the door from the small business commissioner, you're pretty likely to pay up if you've got the money, I'd say. Yeah, absolutely. I can just imagine Philip banging on the door saying, I have a warrant for your arrears. (laughs) And I think it's important to underline that if you don't recognise your own value as a small business, then who is going to? Okay, well, team late payment. I'm afraid our time has almost come. Big thanks to Carl Reader, Director of D&T Accountants, and Philip King, the UK's Interim Small Business Commissioner. And Bex, there's more where this podcast came from. Yep, you can also subscribe to Business Class Money Minutes wherever you get your podcasts, so you're plugged in to the latest and best small business insights from us. In our next episode, we'll be crossing borders to get to grips with the sometimes tricky world of international payments. No passport required. And we'll be hearing how business owners are increasingly looking to novel ways to launch themselves into global markets. And if you're a business owner looking for the latest trends and insights to fuel your strategy, American Express has a world of content for you. That's right. You can check out our Business Class Trends and Insights Hub for the latest articles and bite-sized videos on everything to do with small business finances at americanexpress.com slash uk slash business class. But meanwhile, until next time, from Bex and me, goodbye and take care. Bye. Bye.